Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fans. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as always, is Wheels Wienerker. Akiva, it's been a while since we've spoken on the main feed, at least. So how's it going? How was your Passover? It's going well. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many pairs of pants have you worn in the last six weeks? Different pairs of pants. One. One. Wow. So I was going to brag at three, but you just dropped a one. Oh, no. Six weeks? Since Purim. I think it's one because I just wear it like on on, Sh- on Shabbat and then Friday night, Saturday, a little bit, like just, you know, a couple hours and then like it just gets washed probably and then I, I wear it again. So Wait, you're not wearing pants the other six days of the week? What's the rest of your family saying about this? I wear shorts. I've never seen you in shorts. Well, it's very hot. It's very hot. Yeah, I was in shorts the whole time in Minnesota. Because it was hot. Oh, were you? Oh, okay, so I guess I have seen you. We were all wearing, like, me, you, and Matt Stewart. We were all wearing the same color shorts. You don't remember? Khaki shorts. It's not that unique. Yeah, but here I'm wearing, like, uh, like regular like pajama shorts, like mesh shorts. All right, and we are here to discuss the NFL draft. It's our annual draft extravaganza. It's a little bit more uh, low-key than in, in normal years because, of course, the draft is more low-key this year. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be adding in uh, audio clips of the crowd cheering and booing because <laughs> there is no crowd. The NFL draft is going to be virtual. But um, here at 32 Fans, some things are consistent, and that's that every year we have Jordan Kalish here for the NFL Draft. So, Jordan, welcome back to 32 Fans. You were on the patron feed last month talking Survivor. Jordan, how many different pairs of pants have you worn in the last six weeks? I mean, I, I would guess probably like three pairs of shorts and like two pairs of sweatpants. So I, I'd go about five. Wow. So every, I thought three pants was crazy. I've worn one jeans and then one pair of dress pants. And then I, I whipped out the other day a pair of these uh, sort of uh, – I don't know what color you'd call it. Some some sort of very spring pastel color between blue and green. Jen was not a fan. So, what? I what's a scenario where you'd wear jeans? Even I can't imagine. Yeah, I, I, I mean, have wearing jeans, jeans right now. Six months. You're wearing jeans. You wear jeans in the house. Yeah. The whole internet is making fun of people. Like obviously nobody's wearing jeans now, and you're the one guy wearing jeans. Like the whole world has decided to be rid of jeans. Jeans companies are probably doing worse than like why are people movie theaters. Jeans? Because nobody wears jeans in the house. Like, nobody's putting on jeans to not what? leave the house. The whole world has decided this, except for you. This is like... Yeah, but m- I still have, like, I'm still, like, seeing people. I see my neighbors because we're outside a lot. You know, we have a babysitter I see, you know. I don't know. No, it's it, all bets are off. Your, na- your neighbors can see your... I've worn the same pair of jeans pretty much every day for, like, you know, well, 40 fine. days in a row, more or less. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, I did throw them in the wash once or twice, but... 
All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, as we said, it's going to be a very unusual draft this year. Um, by the way, and this is not even a 420 joke, but um, I am covered in um, performance-enhancing drugs at the moment because I just lathered up my son in steroid cream right before uh, we started this podcast. And it's like it's like the sticky steroid cream is like in my – like I wash my hands after, but it's like under my nails. It's really gross, although maybe I'll grow like extra powerful – claws anyway um so yeah we're gonna jump right into this the way we do this every year is we have 32 of our guests make the picks for each of their teams again this is not a mock draft like you're gonna see anywhere on the internet this is not who the fans think their team is gonna pick this is who they want them to pick if they were in charge if they were the owner and gm for the day who would they pick not you know what they think they're actually gonna do and jordan gives us both options for every team he tells us both who he would pick if he was in charge of the team, and then who he thinks they're actually going to pick his his mock. So, Jordan, are you ready to get rolling? Yeah, I'm ready, ready to go. Okay, so let's jump right in with the first pick in the 32 fans 2020 NFL Draft. Zach Sosna is here for the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, no surprise here, it's Joe Burrow, but he says to us emphatically, no trade, he's not interested in a trade. You know, I don't think they're going to make a trade anyway, but he, uh, he wants Burrow. He's all in on Joe Burrow, so... Uh, I assume you have the same Jordan Key, but what's your take on, on uh, Joe Burrow? Uh, Joe Burrow is good. I, I This idea that he's 100% going to be like a superstar, I'm not buying. Um, but, you know, listen, if it, my, what would scare me about Burrow is he was a very old college football player last year. And sometimes, like, if he ends up being bad, we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, he was like a 24-year-old. You know, he's older than Josh Rosen, Joe Burrow. Like, you know, he was older if than everyone else. that applies in baseball and in basketball, does that really apply in football? I think so. I hope so, because Darnold is still, like, so much younger than him also. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what I'm hoping. Jordan, uh, I assume that you have Burrow uh, both as uh, who you would take and the expected pick, or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely who I would take. He's he's who I expect them to take. And, uh, I mean, I think he's probably the safest QB uh, prospect in this draft. He's like an Ohio guy at Cincinnati picking, so I think it just makes sense. Um, if if uh, Tua didn't get hurt, I think it would be a conversation here. Uh, but Burrow's definitely going to be the guy. Shouldn't going but forward, shouldn't Young Jordan... Is objectively the, the best player in this draft, right? I, I think so. You mean he's got the I guy... He's got the, the 100 on the, on the weird scales. You know, where he's 100 yeah. in Madden, whereas... But but going yeah. forward, uh, Jordan should guess first before you say who the person guessed, Alex. Okay. That's fine. how we've done it always. Yeah, but I mean, th this one this one was a given. I, I, I haven't seen one mock draft where Joe Burrow wasn't going to Cincinnati at one. But, I mean, there was talk of a trade possibly a couple of weeks ago. And there's yeah. been a bit of a backlash to Burrow lately. Like, people are saying, oh, maybe he's actually not that great. Can I drop a, a I, take I mean, in general? I think, and it's not with Burrow. But I do think if you're a, a team that has good players on the last year of their contract, especially someone you can't sign, let's say the Jets with Jamal Adams, you like make a bet that this season's not going to happen and that get more draft picks. You get younger players that if this season doesn't happen, you get them for 2021. And, you, you know, the, you're, the Mookie Bet style, you're giving away players who may never play for that team. <laughs> so just yeah. like go all in on the season not happening and then trade everyone who's a free agent for parts and then you'll have like 15 rookies in 2021 yeah. i mean it it's not it's not a bad thought especially with with the uh you know the fact that this season ho hopefully the football season happens hopefully it's able to start on time. right now we're pretending it like it's happening until after the draft yeah, right it, 
Exactly. It doesn't it doesn't look like it's a certainty by by any means, but I'm hoping obviously that it's able to, to well, happen we, as scheduled. We know um, the Atlanta Falcons will be allowed to play also. We know that it's true. I, I don't see a scenario <laughs> in which they don't have the NFL for a couple of reasons. First of all, unlike baseball, it has no weather related issues. The season could start late, could end late. True. Weather doesn't matter. True. Right? Yes. Number mm-hmm. two. It's less reliant on the revenue from the in-game experience than any of the other sports. That's so it definitely be, it's true. More, it's more of a TV game. So they could play in empty stadiums, really, if necessary. Yes. Yeah, Darren Rovell estimated 15%. Maybe that doesn't include the other things you get from, you know, maybe that's just ticket and maybe there's another few percent from selling uh, food and, and beer and, and you know, uh, merch in the stadium. But, yeah, uh, the NFL could still pay its bills without fans whereas we're not sure if baseball and we know baseball can but it might they might have to cut payroll in half yeah, for a year but they, they absolutely they, they, the nfl is going to start they have to start the nfl you know doesn't care all right so, let's be optimistic uh, i mean i don't yeah. think there's going to be college football because i don't think there's going to be college like i think uh, college will probably be online if you if you looked back if you were following especially like we were because our college was in um march you know d3 march madness the colleges were the first ones on this train of like you know the Ivy League schools and Johns Hopkins canceling things. Um, I do think like a lot. It wasn't of, a Duke and UNC that said they weren't showing up to the tournament. That that sort of put the kibosh on the whole. Time. Yeah, and uh, ultimately Rudy Gobert put the kibosh on the whole. Or Kansas you, or something. Yeah, yeah. no. You know, Kansas said Kansas said they to played know, today. You know, Jordan. There's been a lot of talk, and Jordan was also saying before we started recording about how you know this year there's less data than there's ever been because teams haven't really had the opportunity to to test these guys and interview these guys the way they normally have because everything's you know everybody's separated. <laughs> If there's no college season, then what the hell happens for the 2021 draft? I have no idea what the, what they would do in order to uh, to rectify that. I mean, I, I guess you still have you do have data on the underclassmen. I mean, you have their previous years, but I I, I really think there's going to be very little. I think the combine would end up being more important than ever because you don't have what was supposed to be yeah. their last season. So that'll be, I'm really hoping we're not in that situation, but that would be uh, something. I mean, baseball's about to have to a draft, it. which is even crazier if you think about it. Yeah, right? baseball's going to have a draft and none of these guys had, had you know, have, yeah. have played in, in a year. And if you're drafting a high school guy, I mean, what, are you relying on his junior His junior stats? year of high school. Crazy. It's crazy. Two, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. All right. So let's let's get back into our draft here. Number two uh, is, uh, the, is the Washington professional football team. Again, I don't think there's a lot of drama here, but uh, Jordan, you tell us first. Yeah, so I have I have them taking Chase Young, who uh, defensive end. They were uh, 27th in uh, total defense last year. Uh, I think he's probably the best player in this draft. Uh, I think he had like 16 sacks or something last year in college. So he's uh, he's going to be the pick, and I would be shocked if uh, whoever the uh, Washington fan is uh, doesn't take Chase Young here. Yeah, so our picker is Steve Apter. Uh, he's been with us for a few years now. And he, he is obviously taking Chase Young, but he says, I hope that he can moonlight as an X receiver, a tight end, a middle linebacker, a starting corner, and a free safety. So just a few holes for Washington to, yeah. for Chase Young to fill. I mean, they need him to be Joey Bosa, like jokes aside. They need him to be their Joey Bosa slash Nick Bosa. For sure. Yeah, I mean, he seems like an absolutely like a lock, though. Yes, although the Bosas are, are like elite run defenders, and there's a big thought that Young is not an elite run defender. Yeah. All right, uh, now I think they're where things start to get interesting. Yep. We're at pick number three. It's the Lions. Jordan, start by telling us what you would do if you're the Lions. 
So if I were the Lions, uh, I mean, I'm looking, first of all, who I think is the, uh, I think potentially, I don't know if he's the best player available, but I think he's one of the best players available. Uh, When you look at the fact that they were uh, 31st in passing defense, they have like no depth at corner. I think they're going to go Jeff Okuda, and I would probably go Jeff Okuda too. I mean, I think you're also looking at maybe like Derek Brown or Isaiah Simmons, uh, who would also fill up some uh, some defensive holes that they have. But I, I think you gotta, in this league, you need to have a top cornerback and he's uh Jeff Okuda is probably the one guy in this draft that's that's looked at as like most likely going to be a corner a cornerback one at some point in his career so I yep. would go Akuda and I'm guessing so that's who you would take too. and and is that what you think Detroit does as well yes yes okay uh Jordan Acker is picking for the Lions uh as listeners to this podcast know every fall Jordan is uh quite down on the Lions sort of his perpetual position on the Lions mm-hmm. and so his response was Fuck it. If we're not going to trade down, let's just take Tua. Who even cares at this point? This team behaves like Jared Kushner's pet project. Trade Stafford and take Tua. I don't don't hate it. I really don't hate it. Super interesting. (laughs) I saw our buddy Clarence, who's a big Lions fan, uh, retweeting somebody today, you know, on Lions Twitter, saying, at the end of the day, Okuda, even if he's great, like Jalen Ramsey's great, where did that get the Jaguars having Jalen Ramsey be great? Like top three. Well, they went to the AFC Championship. Okay, fine. Him. Um, but the, uh, you know that wasn't even his best season, right? That, but I think I mean it's, it's football's not unless it's a superstar quarterback. No one player is going to take you. Well, the idea is like where can we go with Stafford? We know Stafford's a B plus. Let's try and hit a you know a grand slam with Tua. We know where we could go with Stafford, and it's to nine and seven. My, my issue is, is first of all, there's no trade market for, to, for Stafford because look at all the available quarterbacks right now. Andy Dalton doesn't have a place to go. Cam Newton doesn't have a place to go. Yeah, Davis it's not trading him. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not trading him for any value, certainly. I agree. Yeah, I mean, so you you're not going to value the, there. The and two is not going to be better than Stafford, at least in the next two or three years. Yeah, the years. Pats would like Stafford, but they're not paying his insane salary necessarily. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see where Tua goes. And obviously there's just such a risk because Tua might be hurt. Nobody knows. Yeah, and by the way, I would not be shocked if Tua goes at three, but I think a team might end up trading up for him, either like the Dolphins or the Chargers or uh, potentially the Jaguars. Yeah. All right, uh, next on the board is the Giants. The Giants have been uh, a source of comedy in the first round in the last few years, you know, uh, wasting number two picks on running backs and then trading up for quarterbacks that could have got much lower, who, you know, at least had one good game to start his career and then sort of, you know, had a disappointing rest of the season. But anyway, uh, Yoni Wiesel's back for the Giants. Uh, he's a man who... Challenges Acker when it comes to negativity about his team, I think. Yeah. But uh, he's picking at four for the Giants. Uh, Jordan, who do you think he should take? So when I before I came on the podcast, I asked Akiva if we could start uh, a little bit later because I changed one thing on my mock draft. Uh, I've I've had them taking Isaiah Simmons for a while. Uh, I was talking to one of my good friends who's a a big Giants fan today, and he sort of talked me out of it. Where where. he thinks that uh, Tr- Tristan Wirfs, uh, the offensive tackle, mm. or he, he he doesn't know about he doesn't really know about any of the prospects, but he was like they should go best tackle on the board, and I agree with him. I actually had Tristan Wirfs as my preferred pick, but now I actually have him as their actual pick as well. So I, I have my first four picks uh, as, and, and I don't know if this is just me having a big ego where I think all the teams are just going to do what I think they should do, uh, but I have Wirfs going to uh, the Giants. And is Wirfs to you clearly better than Andrew Thomas and Judge? I Wills? don't. I don't think it's clear at all. I mean, I I, I think that Wirfs, Will, uh, Wills, Becton, and Thomas are all in kind of a similar clump. Uh, I I'm just going sort of based on based on the scouting report, uh, based on like where he's where he's going in a lot of mock drafts, and a lot of times when these these guys who these professional guys who do the mock drafts they 
have either in, they have insiders on the team or they have relationships with the general managers. And I've just seen lately, like this past week, most of the mock drafts that, that have the Giants taking a tackle going with Werfs, which is why I have him going here. I don't really... You know, again, with all of these guys, all of them could end up being franchise tackles. All of them could end up being busts. I don't really think there's a huge difference between any of them. I think Becton probably has the biggest, uh, the most red flags uh, because of the uh, the failed drug test. But I think he also potentially has the highest ceiling because of his size and athleticism. Uh, but I think Werfs might be, uh, I think he's being like looked at as maybe one of the safer picks. So I think the Giants will go with him. There's been a lot of smoke about the Giants uh, taking a quarterback, possibly. Uh, hey Bear at no a, a quarterback just, or a cornerback quarterback no quarter quarterback I've seen that too what, I wait, think they're done with Jones already yeah well I, no, I think I, it's just smoke because they screen. yeah it's, it's smoke screen. yeah Gettleman is is just a clown but there has been a lot yeah, of smoke I, about that but what what's what's the source I think of they the smoke want, like, what's the argument there that they're that they're done with Jones yeah no I think they're trying to like uh, scare the well, Dolphins I don't know, and Chargers they, tr- they give up on OBJ. they trade up to get Daniel Jones who nobody thinks should have gone that high and then they give up on him after half a season. How does Gettleman have the job if he does that? Well, Gettleman's a crazy no, he's... person. <laughs> I mean, that boggles the mind. Did you see it, another Gettleman's GM said this week uh, that Gettleman is pretending to be stupid and he's actually smart? <laughs> yeah, well, he's doing a good job. You know, one thing that I'm rooting for desperately is complete chaos in this draft with the virtual draft. I'm sure, like, the Browns, like, Wi-Fi will go out or something. <laughs> like, who knows? But, like, Gettleman making an abysmal pick and then trying to blame it later on, like, the internet or the virtual. Like, uh, that's probably, like, one of the safest, like, locks if you're betting on, like, what's the craziest thing that's going to happen? So that's my prediction. I I think they're just trying to increase the value of that pick in case they want to trade it Mm. to one of the teams that need a quarterback. I don't think there's any way the Giants take a quarterback. And I think if they don't go with the tackle— Well, if two is taken, then, then the trade value obviously plummets. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, the Lions of course, aren't taking two. Uh, uh, no, the Lions, no, yeah. the Lions aren't taking two. But yeah. it, I really, again, I, I, ne- I never even thought of that as a possibility. But uh, the the Lions fan who who picked that, I actually really, I, I wouldn't hate the pick if they do if they do that. I think it would be pretty ballsy. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with Stafford at that point, but I think yeah. that two is going to be a good quarterback. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, if you think he's going to be a good quarterback, then yeah, then somebody should be trading up to get him, whether it's the Lions or the Giants. Uh, so Wiesel said he would like to trade down. Um, you know, he says, I'd like to stay in the next four or five picks. <laughs> but um, he says, you know, if they don't trade down, he says, probably Simmons since they signed Bradbury. And I was like, Bradbury? And then I realized he meant James Bradbury, the, the cornerback they signed. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's saying, therefore, they wouldn't take Okuda, who remember still on the board in our draft. I don't think that you don't draft Jeff Okuda if you think you need a cornerback because you signed James Bradbury. Like, James Bradbury is not like that good. And also, you need more no, than one not. elite cornerback. So that was, I don't really understand Wiesel's logic there. But either way, he, he has them taking Isaiah Simmons. I, I mean, I, I again, I, I had Isaiah Simmons going there for a while. I just think that that tackle is the biggest need. You just drafted a quarterback, uh, and, and you need to be able to protect him. They've kind of been, uh, you know, subpar on the on the offensive line for a while. They were 19th in rushing last year. They gave up 43 sacks. Uh, I, I would go with a lineman. But again, if Simmons is the pick, I wouldn't hate it. He's one of the most... Uh, I, I think there's a couple defensive players in this draft that are very talented, and I think they, they're all going to go top 10. So I, I wouldn't hate the Simmons pick. I, I actually like it better than uh, if you're the Giants going for Akuda if he's available, uh, because I think he feels... He, he could play linebacker. He could play safety. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife. I kind of like that. Um, but... Uh, uh, I, I think that they should go line. Offensive and you line. like Simmons more than Kenneth Murray? Um, I, I like Simmons more than Murray, yeah. All right. All right, so let's get to the Dolphins at five. Uh, the Dolphins, the team who everybody thought last year was tanking. Tanking for Tua was the joke. So they're down at five. 
they may not even need to trade up. Uh, they could get a chance at Tua based on your prediction. Uh, is this where you think Tua goes? Yes, uh, I have Tua going here, and again, I think this is uh, this is the correct pick. I just I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Dolphins get Tua. I think they may have to trade up to three to do it because if not, the Chargers might jump them. Also, mm-hmm. if you're operating in a world where there's a chance the season doesn't start on time, Tua becomes even more valuable, right? Like, yeah, the injury. The yeah, the, the more time the more time that passes, the the injury becomes less of a big deal. Uh, and and I think uh, again, Tua, Tua, we might be talking about Tua as the number one pick if he didn't have that injury. I think that would have been a really interesting conversation. And I, I I don't think there's any wrong answer. I actually really like Burrow and Tua both both as prospects. Uh, and, and again, it's the same thing I was saying with the offensive tackles. Like you could you could make the decision that everyone likes, but they turn out to be a bust, or you can make a decision that everyone think is wrong. Think is wrong and he turns out to be a franchise player so um i i like uh again i like burrow because of the fact that he's he's been healthier um but i think tua would be a, a great pick for the dolphins at five if he's available yeah so if two is taken uh, as he is in our draft things get interesting mm-hmm. so yes. uh the one of the dolphins fans we've used in the past uh eli gray or ellie gray he said um you know with Tua off the board he said you know he still wants a quarterback if they can't trade down and get another number one he would take either herbert or love but uh, he took too long to respond, and so we turned to uh, one of our patrons, who's a Dolphins fan, Kyle King. And uh, he also was disappointed to see Tua off the board. He says, gross, this is the nightmare scenario. Uh, they can't get Tua. He says, um, I would normally have said Okuda, but because they signed Byron Jones, another guy who thinks, well, we draft, we signed a free agent cornerback, so we're done at cornerback. Uh, so two, two guys in a row making that argument. He's going to go with, uh, with Tristan Wirfs. So uh, the first tackle off the board is Wirfs. Yeah, I mean, if he's there, look, I have uh, so the Dolphins pick later. Yeah, you're going to pick earlier. And so yeah, yeah. I, I I won't uh, I won't talk about who I have the the, the Dolphins taking, but I definitely have them considering uh, a tackle later in the draft because I have them going qu- quarterback first. Uh, but if two is not there and the Dolphins are picking and they and they go with Worfs, I think that is a a good pick for them. It's definitely a needed position. Their their offensive line's a disaster, uh, so it's um I think it's a good pick. I think it's a I think it's a better pick. Uh, for them also then then Akuda would be but if again if two is there I would go with it and if they like Justin Herbert I would go with that as well uh, because you you got you got to go for the quarterback uh, as important as it is to have uh, a, a great tackle your team's going to be nothing if you don't have a legitimate starting quarterback Akiva as a Jets fan and Dolphins hater what are you most afraid of the Dolphins doing um I I, I want them to pick a defender I'm most afraid of them picking um, a, a quarterback one, a, an elite left tackle two, and a wide receiver three. I want them to pick like Isaiah Simmons. I want Isaiah Simmons to follow them, and they pick him. Okay. All right, let's go to number six. Number six is the Chargers. Uh, again, we've talked about them trading up. They are a team who are going into the season without a uh, 2020 caliber starting NFL quarterback, let's be honest here. Uh, so they de- they desperately need somebody. Uh, in this scenario uh, where they haven't traded up, where two is off the board, uh, Burrow obviously off the board, uh, what do you think? Well, uh, well, in your draft, uh, uh, Jordan, what do you think they should do and what do you think they will do? And then we'll get to uh, what our picker says. I'm sort of sticking with the fact that I think the teams are going to do what I think they should do. Um, obviously, Philip Rivers is gone. I, I do like Justin Herbert. I don't like him as much as Tua or Joe Burrow. Uh, but again, you got to go with the with the quarterback here. Um, he, it's a it's a pretty strong quarterback draft. Maybe not as, as strong as a couple of years ago with uh, with uh, the the Sam Darnold draft. At, at least they're you know at, at least they're uh, scouting report going in to the draft. Um, but I would go Justin Herbert here, and I have a feeling that um, that the fan is going to go with uh, Justin Herbert as well. Yeah. So a bit of a surprise. Uh, David Jorgemeyer picking uh, for us uh, for the Chargers. 
and he is not going with Herbert. He says, uh, third guy in a row, he says he'd like to trade down, but if he can't find a trading partner, he's going to take uh, Mekhi Becton, uh, the offensive tackle from Louisville. So another uh, tackle off the board. And Mekhi Becton, he's been getting a little trouble for uh, smoking a little bit of weed lately, apparently. Yeah, and we, we saw how— 420 how... reference. We saw how much that hurt uh, Laramie Tunzel, who's now probably one of the better <laughs> better tackles yeah. in, in the league. Well, it so. benefited the Cowboys because he dropped. Yeah, no, it, So exactly. I guess the Dolphins aren't um, going to fall for that, or the Chargers, excuse me, in, in yeah. David's opinion. Yeah, and I think Mekhi Becton would be a good pick here. I, I, I think that, again, like I said before, I think he might have the highest ceiling out of the uh, the tackles in this in, in this draft. Uh, no, he does come with a little high, bit of risk. Yes. Yeah, he does, exactly. Um, but I, I do think that if they like, and again, we don't know – if the charges like Justin Herbert, we uh, you you have to ha- you t- you have to take a guy that you feel confident in. Uh, I'm just going based on the fact that you know he, he he could have come out last year, right? And I think he would have been a high pick if he did. Um, but I would go Justin Herbert. I think you need a quarterback to replace Rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember last year, guys, everyone wanted to trade down because the, the elite players were all front seven guys, and there just isn't a ton of value paying those people you know, at the fifth pick, so much money when they're essentially already being paid like a star. Uh, at least a quarterback, you're getting a value no matter where you're picking them because, as we know, you know, every single... you we've seen, have, we have, have we discussed this that on this podcast, Alex, where every single quarterback in the NFL is making at least $21 million or less than $8 million except for one quarterback? Yeah, well, it's been that way for a few years. Yeah, like There the is no middle class. Doesn't really exist. There is none. There's no one guy in the whole yeah. league between 8 and $21 million. Uh, yeah. I'm blanking off the top of my head on who it is right now. But um, I, I think that while there are teams, the needs and the positions don't really match up here. There are lots of teams that do want to trade up because there's so many good receivers and good tackles. So I do think there will be people moving up as opposed to last year where everyone wanted to move down. Now that it's like people want to move down and want to move up. It might be a nice mix. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, one I, consistency I, in our draft, and we've done this, is every single year our listeners all want to move down. Yeah. That is true, especially the teams that have a QB. The only teams that really want their pick are the teams that are desperate for the QB. Exactly. But there weren't exciting receivers last year. I mean, there ended up being a lot of good receivers, of course. But uh, now now it's just loaded, chock full of receivers. Yeah, I, I was when the, when the Jets traded up to, to three to get uh, Darnold, I was audibly cheering in my apartment by myself. Uh, so that, that was a year where I was very happy that the Jets were able to go up and get their guy because I didn't even think Darnold would be available then. I, I, um, I had him going uh, number one, and I had um, – uh, what's his name? Uh, the Browns uh, – why, why is his name escaping me now? Uh, why, why am I forgetting the name of the Browns quarterback? Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield, there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, Baker. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield. I I did not have going number one there. I really didn't want him to go to the Jets because I thought he'd be a big time bust. Uh, so I was so happy when the Jets traded up and were able to get Darnold at three. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move to number seven now. Carolina Panthers on the board. Uh, they let Cam Newton go. They brought Teddy Bridgewater in. Um, and so they are not looking for a quarterback. Uh, no. Uh, who do you have them uh, picking, Jordan? Who do you think so I have them first? 
I think they should take Isaiah Simmons. Uh, he's still available okay. on my draft board. I actually have them taking Derek Brown, though, the the, the defensive tackle. They were terrible uh, stopping the run last year. Uh, and their their defensive line depth is really bad. If you look at their depth chart, they just don't have a lot of guys uh, or legitimate starters at that position. I think that Simmons is the more valuable player. I think there's, you know, we, we've sort of gotten to a place in the NFL where these, like, linebacker slash safety hybrids who could, uh, you know, who could tackle, who, who could uh, defend against the pass uh, have become very valuable. Um, so I think Simmons should be the pick. I think they're going to go with Derek Brown. All right. Uh, JT Jabaruski picking for the Panthers. And I don't know if you've forgotten somebody who is still on the board in our draft, who he's going to pick. Oh, is it uh, Akuda, right? Yeah, he's going to take Jeff Akuda. Yeah. I mean, if, if he's there, I think that's a, uh, it's a good pick. I just don't think he's going to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, JT takes Jeff Akuda at number seven. And, uh, the first cornerback off the board, and that brings us to the Arizona Cardinals picking number eight. They've already had a successful offseason. Uh, they were the first ones to uh, to fleece uh, Bill O'Brien this offseason. It's kind of like when you're in like a fantasy draft, and like you know the one guy who's the idiot who gives away his team. It's like who can pounce on him first after your draft? Who can like start plucking his guys? So the Cardinals were first on the Bill O'Brien uh, carcass, but I, I imagine that O'Brien's going to do something insane at the draft uh, on Thursday night as well. But um, so the God Cardinals willing. flying sky high. They got a, they got a young quarterback uh, uh, on the come. They got one of the best receivers in the NFL. Uh, who do you think Jordan they should add to that uh, team? So since I do have Simmons available here, which I think would be a mistake for some of the teams ahead of them, I I do have Simmons available. I think the Cardinals should take Simmons, and if he's there, they will take him. <laughs> Gabe, what's your take on who the Cardinals are going to take? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, listen. As a Jets fan, now we're talking about me making a pick at eleven. My whole goal is you. I, I think a bit of this a lot. As you remember, when the Knicks picked seventh and they liked six guys in the draft, the Steph Curry draft, yeah. and all six yeah. guys went before them. I, I think it's the same way. Sometimes that works out. Yeah. Well, you get in ninety-five. The Timberwolves liked four guys and they were picking fifth. Yeah. Right, so they started telling everybody, "Hey, this kid coming out of high school, Kevin Garnett, you should look, take a look at him." They were hoping that someone else would do it, and they would get Joe Smith or Stackhouse to make the high right, and uh, and it didn't work, and then it worked out. Right, so. sometimes you get the Steph Curry, sometimes you get the Johnny Flynn there, but yeah, <laughs> but um, I think with the Jets, they need someone to take another quarterback, right, mm-hmm. or take a defender like a. Um, you know, a Kinlaw or a Derek Brown or somebody like to jump up and love some defensive player other than a Kuda and Simmons who are locked to go before them. So th- that's what I'm rooting for. I'm viewing this through the prism of the Jets, and I'm rooting for because the Jets only need a receiver or a tackle here. If the Jets pick a defender, I will shut off the draft and stop following football. Oh no! It, it, if the Jets pick a, a defender, and I, I I will I like I I don't know what I'm going to do. Charter a plane and slap <laughs> the freaking look. If, Joe Douglas. if Joe Douglas, I I think Joe Joe Douglas like I there. We are lucky here that there are four legitimate starting tackles, or at least guys that are projected to be starting yes. tackles, uh, at, at the top of this draft. And I think it is possible that we get one at 11. But if we see a couple of them starting to go off the board, we have to trade up. Joe Douglas can't just sit there and let these guys go off the board Absolutely. and then we take a wide receiver. It's possible even though it's all strong, four could go up before yeah, them. It's, it's possible. It, it is. It is. Po- it and is it's possible, possible that uh, they could not even, at that point, have the if they can't trade down, have the top receiver choice. Because there could be four tackles and receiver go in that scenario. 
Exactly. And it is also, look, it's a pretty strong wide receiver class, at least at the top. So, I mean, I think if we did get a receiver, I, I still think it's kind of a disaster, though, because if you're not, you have Sam Darnold, if you're not protecting Sam Darnold, and we haven't protected Sam Darnold since he's been drafted, uh, he's not going to be able to throw to any of these guys that you're drafting. So I think if the Jets do not get one of the top four offensive tackles, it's an absolute failure uh, by, by Joe Douglas. But I do think, look, I think Joe Douglas is um, is a smart guy. I think we brought him in for, for a reason. I think he's, he's better than any of the GMs we we've had in, in a long time, which isn't saying much. Uh, so I, I do think we're going to end up with one of those four. I don't know if it's going to be an 11. I think this is one of the few times where I really think that the Jets should think about trading up and they don't have a lot. They, they don't have that many picks, which is um, at least in the, on the second day, uh, which is too bad. But like I would I would risk a pick either next year or maybe give up their second round or a third round or if they have to to go up just even a couple spots uh, and, and just to ensure that they get one of these guys. And I don't even really care which one it is. All right. Well, I got bad news for you guys because two of the four are off the board, and uh, Tom Donlin from the British Bird Game uh, is our picker for the Arizona Cardinals, and he is going to pick Judrick Wills, so the third tackle off the board. Uh, and he sort of had to talk himself into it, which is kind of funny. He said to us, he said, look, the sensible option would be to take Judrick Wills. The exciting option would be to take CeeDee Lamb. Boy, this guy wants all the receivers. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I'll stick with the sensible one. I'll take Wills as a bookended DJ Humphreys. Give Kyler that little bit more protection for his second year onwards. So one tackle of those big four left on the board for you. Uh, also, as a Vikings fan, I've been eyeing those four. Although, you know, we're down to 22 and 25. So unless we make a trade, unlikely to happen. But uh, two teams picking before the Jets. Next is the Jaguars at number nine. Jordan, who should they take? Uh, this is where I have uh, Jedrick Wills going. I actually prefer Becton. I think they should take Becton, but I think that teams might be scared of uh, of the failed drug drug test. Uh, so I would go Becton over Wills. I have them taking Wills. So you, oh, you would take Becton, but you think they're going to take Wills? Correct. Okay. So either but way, Wills is gone in your after. draft. So I, yeah. I kind of think that uh, you you have uh, Wills, Werfs, and uh, Becton all off the board, right? Mm-hmm. We yes we so have so I think uh, I think that your your the fan is going to take Andrew Thomas and that would suck for the Jets. Yeah, so you're right. Uh, it, so he actually says he says in this position and it's it's Albin Brook, who is picking for us yet again for the Jaguars, and he says in this position I'm tempted by Derek Brown, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Minshew is our quarterback this year, <laughs> and so we have to give him more protection and weapons to really determine if we want to stay on this wild mustache ride. He's going to take Andrew Thomas. Yeah, I mean, I think if uh, if the other three guys are off the board, it's the, it's the right pick for the for the Jaguars. And it, it, again, this would be a situation which. What about them taking Herbert the though? Jets. They're not even considering it. <laughs> I mean, actually, well, if if Herbert's yeah. available, I wouldn't hate that pick here. I mean, I think they they do need a quarterback, and going with Herbert over one of the offensive linemen would also be a good pick. By the way, Chester, can you can you read me off? I, I've actually uh, forgot to write down the uh, the fa- the fans pick, so I, I'm like forgot who's still on sure the we got Burrow Chase Young and Tua one two and three yeah then we got Isaiah Simmons and yep. then we got all, uh, all the tackles sandwiching Jeff Okuda so we got Werfs and Becton and then Okuda and then Wills and Thomas Becton Okuda Thomas yeah so that takes us to the Browns at number 10 and uh the Browns uh are another team uh, like the Jets like the Jaguars like the Vikings a lot of teams uh looking for a tackle uh, so not an ideal scenario for them to see all four of the top tackles gone in the five picks ahead of them. No. Jordan, uh, in, in your draft, where only two have been taken, yeah, Wirfs so and Becton in your choice and Wirfs and Wills in your prediction, what are the Browns doing here? I have uh, Becton as the correct pick and also the pick that they're going to make. Uh, but since they are... Well, hold on. Uh, you said the correct pick is Becton for the Jaguars. 
Well, he's I mean I, he's still off the board. So the the way that I did it this year, since he's not officially off the board, I think he would be the correct pick here. Um, I mean, if he's gone, then the correct pick would be Andrew Thomas. Ahead of Wills. Um, no, because I have Wills going to the Jaguars. Okay, so wait. So I thought you said that you think the Jaguars will take Wills, but you personally would take Beckton. Yeah, so I, the yeah. the way that I did so basically it, so just I, swapping I, Wills I, and Beckton the order that they go. I have yeah, I have a mock draft which okay. is the one that yeah. that I that I like typed You're, out okay, yeah, for right, for the okay. preferred pick. I didn't do like a straight preferred pick. Yeah, uh, yeah that's mock fine. Draft, like, All right, okay. So either way, so we got the top three tackles off the board, um, but again, they're already off the board in our draft, and so Dog Pound Nation uh, picking uh, here are thirty two fans, and they said. Uh, my top three picks are gone. For the record, I go Wills, uh, Becton, or Werfs, whoever's available. In the painful scenario, all three are gone. I'm going to go with CeeDee Lamb. He'll be, um, he'd be the best player available at that point, uh, that or CJ Henderson. So he's going to take CeeDee Lamb, uh, the number one wide receiver off the board, ahead of Jerry Judy. Uh, a little bit surprising, maybe. I don't know. What do you think, Jordan? I, I mean, I think I prefer Jerry Judy. I do have uh, – I, I would not be shocked, though, if CeeDee Lamb is the first uh, pick off the board, the, the first wide receiver okay. pick off the board. All right, and that brings up uh, the Jets at number 11. So, uh, Akiva, how do you feel now? Uh, all four tackles are gone. The number one receiver gone. Yeah, this is a nightmare scenario. I mean, it's possible that, that Joe Douglas likes Jerry Judy better than, Jerry Judy better than CeeDee Lamb. All the beat writers think that Douglas doesn't value a receiver enough to pick a receiver this high, which uh, scares me because if that's a real opinion, that's Gettleman-ish. But, I, you know, I, I don't know. So, you know, they have the two Alabama receivers really as their main options or you have to trade down. Well, hold on. So let Jordan pick first. So, Jordan, I assume your answer here is Andrew Thomas, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I have Andrew Thomas going to the Jets, which I think would be, you know, uh, That'd be fine. again, like I, I like Andrew Thomas. He might be my fourth my fourth favorite tackle out of the four guys. But if we get any of them, I'm going to be happy. And if we're able to stay at 11 and not give up any other picks and get him, I, I think that would be a great scenario. I just think it's too risky to sit at 11 and hope that Andrew Thomas falls to you. You kind of have to see where the other guys are going off the board. In the in the fans uh, scenario where all the offensive tackles are going earlier than I have them going because the, the quarterbacks, uh, because like Justin Herbert doesn't go as high or Derek Brown doesn't go as high. I do think the Jets have to trade up um but i i have them taking andrew thomas here and i hope the i i, I mean that would be a nice a, a nice scenario for the jets i really think like i would love mckay beckton i i, I kind of I, I really like him i think that the uh the, the weed thing has been overblown i think he might be the most talented guy all right keeve uh why don't you make a pick for your beloved jets here yeah so i'm gonna select for a wide receiver from alabama uh not henry ruggs but jerry judy now it's weird because Akiva famously on this podcast, on this po- podcast last year, Akiva said that the Jets, the Jets had as much talent in their wide receiver room as any team in the NFL. So why would they waste the first round pick on a wide receiver? But <laughs> well, they lost Robbie Anderson. Yeah, oh well, that's yeah. That's I'd say the most talent. Loss. I said they had like the best mix of guys, which obviously yeah, well, yeah, wasn't wasn't <laughs> great. Yeah. All right, so you get Jerry Judy, uh, possibly the number one receiver on the board. By the way, I gotta say, as a Vikings fan, I'm starting to get nervous because the Vikings, you know, biggest positions of need are cornerback, receiver, and tackle. And now, what is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive picks at those uh, at those three positions. And uh, spoiler alert: there's uh, several more about to come in a row. So um, all those positions are getting picked off the board very quickly for the Vikings, who have picks at 22 and 25, have 12 picks overall in this draft and are probably very likely to be active. Uh, usually they trade down, but this year I have to imagine they're going to be trading up. If not in the first round, I'm sure for sure they'll trade up in the second or third round, uh, you know, bundle some other picks for a guy that they have their eye on. Uh, now we go to uh, Adam Brooks uh, for the Raiders with two consecutive receivers off the board. 
Uh, but Jordan, in your in your draft, where all the receivers are available, uh, what do you have the Raiders doing? I have the Raiders going with CeeDee Lamb, but I think the pick should be Jerry Judy. Okay, so you like uh, Judy a little bit better than Lamb, and uh, you're right about the uh, position. Adam Brooks does want a receiver, but with those top two off the board, at number 12, the Raiders are going to pick Henry Ruggs. So two Alabama receivers going consecutively. Have we ever had receivers from the same team drafted, uh, from the same college, drafted consecutively in a draft? Ooh, it's a good question. It's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, can you think of a time that players from the same team at the same position, any position, you know, Oh, that's definitely happened. Corner. Oh, I'm sure it has. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Adam says, I'm taking Henry Ruggs to hopefully be my Tyreek Hill and open up the offense. Well, you know, uh, hopefully uh, on the field and not off the field. But So let's uh, <laughs> let's get to the 49ers now, uh, fresh off a of Super Bowl and uh, picking at number 13. So this is where I have uh, the 49ers taking uh, Jerry Judy. I think if, if uh, Judy, again, if you're, if you're going with who I think they should pick, in my draft I have Judy available, I think it would be the right pick. Um, I think if the Raiders do what I think is the right thing and take Jerry Judy, I think the 49ers will just go C.D. Lamb and, and the picks will be reversed. But I have uh, Judy going to the 49ers at, thir- at 13. Yeah, so three straight receivers taken in our draft, and um, Oscar Aparicio is picking for the 49ers for us. He's going to go in a little different direction. He's going to take uh, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback uh, from Florida. So a uh, second cornerback off the board. And, again, this is now nine consecutive picks uh, taken at the Vikings' three positions of need. So uh, not ideal for the Vikings, but, you know, uh, this. so I think in real life, if this was happening, this is when they start to uh, make a trade before, you know, they talk to the Jets who might – I mean, do the Jets want to trade down if all four tackles are gone, or that's not even – it's moot because they would have traded up already. I, I mean, yeah. yeah I, th- I think if the I think if the Jets, if the Jets aren't able to get one of their top four offensive tackles, I wouldn't hate trading down and, and getting some more value out of it. Maybe get some 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 more picks on on day two. Uh, but again, like wide receiver is also a massive need for the Jets. So if they don't get one of those guys and they ended up with C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy, I think it's a failure. But I think it's not like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Uh, and I and I do like the pick of uh, C.J. Henderson here. By the way, C- a cornerback is definitely a position of need for the 49ers. Um, and I I would be shocked if the, like the 49ers have two picks in the first round here. I'd be shocked if they end up making both of these picks i mean they're they're a team that obviously went to the super bowl last year they might just try to stock, stockpile picks and uh you know you know try to you know maintain their uh their talented roster so i wouldn't be shocked if they end up um trading this away but if they're if they are able to get cj henderson here who's like seems to be the consensus second best corner in the draft here it's uh it's pretty good can i answer uh, a question we had uh from beforehand alex so uh yeah same position same college uh first round of the draft okay Wait, I have one that I just thought of. Running back, Alabama. Yeah. Weren't Cadillac Williams and, and Ronnie Brown, weren't they consecutive Auburn, picks? Auburn, yes. Auburn. Or Auburn, excuse me, yeah. yeah. They weren't like consecutive, I think. They, I think they were two and five or something, because Cedric Benson went oh, right there, damn. too. Those were the old days when everyone just fat running backs would go uh, would go mm, uh, yeah. in the top five picks. Uh, we haven't mentioned the name of a running back, and I don't think we will for a while. Uh, Felix Jones, Darren McFadden, running back. Dwayne Bowen, Craig Davis from LSU. A receiver, back-to-back pick six and seven. Antone Davis, Charles McRae, Tennessee Vols, 1991. Uh, Munchak, a Hall of Famer, and Sean Farrell. Mike Munchak. Yeah. Uh, from Penn State, Greg Ellis, Vonnie Holiday, Albert Hainsworth, John Henderson, uh, Jarvis Jones, Alex Ogletree, and... F- Is this an easily available list, or you, you could have done the research that quickly? No, it's a, it's a list. Like, manually. Uh, and yeah, Philip Buchanan okay. and Mike Rumpf. And, and Donovan Darius and Bucky Jones. That's... Uh, 
Philip Buchanan and Mike Rumpf were Miami CBs on the great Miami teams. And, and you know, every position that year probably had two Miami players because, yeah. you know, that was the Clint Portis, Willis McGay, Andre Johnson, Shockey, McKinney, Vilma, you know, insane team, Kellen Winslow, Vince Wilfork. All right, so let's get to our number 14 now. It is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and picking for the Bucks is John John. Uh, the Bucks have already uh, won Did you the message John John by getting Brady. Yeah, I messaged him. Okay, We're I thought buddies. I was going to. I didn't I didn't know you messaged him. That's great. Oh. Um, yeah, so, you know, they already got Brady, and there was rumors that Brady wanted Antonio Brown. That didn't happen. Then there was rumors they were going to trade for Leonard Fournette. That doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So, um, Jordan, what's your prediction here, and what do you think they should do? Are they giving Brady another weapon, or what are they going to do? So this, this is where I have the Buccaneers uh, taking C.J. Henderson, uh, which I think would be the correct pick if if he's available. Um, they, they were 30th in passing defense. The, they're pretty weak at cornerback. Uh, I think if he is available, which he's not on the fans draft, I think he would be the correct pick, and I think uh, – and he is my prediction for the pick. Now, as for as for John John, I think John John, John can do anything. John John's a wild card. Um, I I think that he is going to go with. Uh, you already have uh, Henry Ruggs off the board. Um, I could see him maybe going with like, maybe going with a weapon for Brady. Does he have like Justin Jefferson potentially? Uh, no, he does not. He uh, John John. Uh, he has submitted his card. Let me open it up with the 14th pick in the 32 fans draft. John John is taking, he says, um, he's going to take Javon Kinlaw, the defensive tackle from South Carolina. I like it. I mean, I think he's he's one of uh, my best players available on the board, so I think that's a good pick. Yeah. Now, he does say it he would be that, nice uh, to get Kinlaw. I think he, his prediction of who they're going to get, so he did it both ways, just like you, Jordan. He says he thinks they're going to take Josh Jones, uh, the tackle from Houston. So with the top four tackles off the board. He goes, now, uh, what's your, I mean, maybe we'll get to these guys too, but what's your take between Josh Jones and Austin Jackson and Ezra Cleveland, you know, of, of sort of the next batch of tackles? Who do you like number five? I, I, have, Jones? I have Jones and then Jackson as, as, okay. the, as the two next guys. And then, and then By the way, Austin Jackson is the round. name of like a skinny, Everybody. like <laughs> defense first center fielder. It's not the name of like a giant offensive Yeah, player. I agree. I, I agree. There should be a name committee like for horses that allow you yeah, to play I'm certain sorry. positions. And, and by the way, Ezra Cleveland, same thing. That's not a tackle name. Tristan Wirfs, that's a tackle. Yeah, name. Tristan Wirfs is a, is a tackle. Yeah. All right, let's go lightning <laughs> round for the next few picks name. because they're they're you know not that sexy, and we want to get to the Vikings picks. Yeah, oh, so we have, we have the Broncos are, are up, right? All right, so the Broncos are number fifteen, and uh, Nelson from Denver will be picking for them. Jordan, tell us uh, what they should do, uh, what they will do, and then we'll tell you what uh, what Nelson's going to do. I like uh, Henry Ruggs here. I still have him available. Uh, they were 20th in passing last year. I think Drew Locke can use another weapon. I, I really like Cortland Sutton. I think pairing him with a, with another uh, talented wide receiver where Sutton's sort of like the, the the big tall guy and then you have like the speedy guy and Henry Ruggs would be pretty dangerous. Uh, so I think he'd be a, a good pick for them there. That's who I have going 15 to the Broncos. Uh, he's not available uh, on, on your draft. I have Kinlaw's not available. I could see them maybe like... Uh, Clavin Chasen? Did they go with, with Chasen, the the edge rusher? Uh, close. No, they went with uh, with Kenneth Murray. So they uh, great position. Okay. Uh, Murray, by the way, another guy that has been linked to the Vikings, um, the linebacker from Oklahoma. That's who uh, Nelson from Denver is uh, going to take. What's your thoughts on that one? I, I mean, I I think he's going to end up going a little bit later, but he is one of he's probably the the second linebacker in this draft. He's really the best pure linebacker because Isaiah Simmons is, is more of like a hybrid linebacker yeah. safety. So if you're able to get the best linebacker, the best pure linebacker in the draft at, at uh, 15, it's not so bad. I just, I think it might be a little bit of a reach. I do have him going uh, a few picks later, but it's not a bad pick. 
Yeah. So Nelson says, you know, the Broncos have had a rash of injuries to their linebacking core last year with a healthy uh, Chubb and Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller, by the way, I think uh, has yeah. coronavirus, doesn't he? The Broncos are looking to, to shore up the middle linebacking position, and Kenneth Murray will fill that void. So um, that's who Nelson takes. Uh, now number 16, Harry Schaefer, picking uh, annually for the Atlanta Falcons. By the way, Jordan, I've noticed your prediction picks and your choice picks are, are almost identical. So uh, you're giving yeah, a, a not, lot of it's GMs not a, credit again, for... With, with less information, a lot of times I just predicted who, who the team was going to pick based on what I think they should do, <laughs> which which is which has led to that. It's not always the case, but it has been yeah. the case uh, <laughs> with a lot of these picks. Yeah. And uh, what do you think Atlanta does? It should do and will do at number 16. I think they're going to go Clavin Chase, and they were they were 29th in sacks last year. Uh, it's it's been a big issue for them where they're not able to get to the quarterback. And I think that he uh, after Chase Young, and it's, it's a pretty big drop off. But I think Chasen is the uh, the, the best pass rusher after. Yeah, yeah, that's the first one since the number two pick in the draft where we have complete consensus between what Jordan thinks should happen, what Jordan says will happen, and what our picker says because our picker is also going to go. Um, at number 17, uh, or excuse me, at number 16, uh, Harry Schaefer for the Falcons picks Clavon Chasen. Uh, he says the Falcons definitely need to improve their D-line both to the interior and the edge. They need more QB pressure to help out the young secondary. With Kinlaw off the board, they should definitely grab Chasen. So let's go yeah. to the Cowboys at number 17. Boo! So this this is sort of uh, I really didn't see this guy going to the Cowboys in, in a lot of the mock drafts that I was looking at when I was making my own mock draft. Uh, but I'm going to have uh, Javon Kinlaw going here. I mean, they they're at, they actually have a pretty decent defensive tackle core. They have Gerald McCoy and Dentari Poe, but they're both old. Like Poe's 29, McCoy is 32, I believe. Uh, Javon Kinlaw I have as my best player available, um, and I think that you know th- these guys aren't going to last that long. So I think shoring up their uh, um, their depth at defensive tackle is going to be important, and uh, Kinlaw, I can see being a good pick here. All right. Uh, picking for the Cowboys is Jordan Parhar, as he does, uh, I think, just about every year. Yeah. And another Jordan from uh, similar circles. And Jordan is going to take uh, Derek Brown, the defensive tackle from Auburn. I think that's an absolute steal. I can't believe that he's uh, he's still available on the fans list. I think he's um, one of the best defensive players in this draft. And if the if the cow, I'll be mad if the Cowboys get Derek Brown because I don't like the Cowboys. But uh, that would be the absolute correct pick if he's available. Yeah, a lot of the uh, pickers uh, later in our draft saw that and complained about uh, what a steal that was for the Cowboys at number seventeen. Uh, by the way, Jordan says if Brown is taken, he would take Justin Jefferson, the receiver from LSU, who you mentioned a couple of picks ago. Uh, now we get to the Dolphins at number eighteen. Kyle King is back. Uh, second pick of the draft. Uh, this is an interesting first round because there's a lot of teams with multiple picks. Yes. Uh, a few teams with three picks even, uh, which means there's a few <laughs> uh, teams obviously with no picks. Uh, so the Dolphins at 18 uh, with no trades. Uh, Jordan, what do you think they will do? What do you think they should do? So the uh, the Dolphins, on since I already had them picking a quarterback, I already had them picking Tua. Um, I am now having them pair a, uh, a tackle in order to protect Tua, replace, uh, which would also replace Laramie Tinsel. Uh, and I'm having them go with Josh Jones, who's my fifth favorite tackle in this draft. But I got to imagine, since uh, the Dolphins did not go quarterback in the fans draft, is that correct? Correct. So I, I think they would have to go Justin Herbert if he's available there. Yeah, so uh, so you have uh, Josh Jones as both who they should take and who they will take. Is that right? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a couple guys in that area. I wouldn't hate Xavier McKin- uh, McKinney here, who's the best safety in the draft. Uh, AJ Terrell, who's a who's a cornerback, that's definitely another position of need for them. But they have so many needs uh, that I, I just think that the most important position to shore up outside of quarterback is offensive line, which is why I would go with uh, Josh Jones. 
All right, so with the uh, number 18 pick, Kyle King is back for the Dolphins again. And Kyle is going to take, as you uh, said uh, correctly, he's going to take Justin Herbert. So he messaged me. He didn't give an explanation. He just said Justin Herbert. So I said, oh, is that your, um, is that your quarterback of the future? And he said, no. He said, it's more of a flyer. Herbert's too inconsistent. What? I don't like that he regressed from the previous year. I don't like that he missed open receivers pretty frequently, considering it's the Pac-12. But getting him at 18 would be okay. So not overly excited with Herbert, but I mean, there's I no way you take a when you take a quarterback at this point in the first round. Yeah, you don't think of him as you know future superstar. You think of him as hopefully you know if you if you can get an Andy Dalton career out of him, you're happy, very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I just don't think there's any way that Herbert is is getting out of the top ten. Yeah, like, I, I don't sure. think Herbert yeah. gets out of the top six. Pick number nineteen. First first year uh, as the Las Vegas Raiders. Since I had them going CD Lamb wide receiver, I think one of their other big needs is cornerback. And honestly, there's there's the the cornerback depth is pretty like the, the, there's a lot of cornerbacks that are sort of in the same spot. Um, I ended up t having them take uh, AJ Terrell. I kind of would prefer, even though it's not as big of a need, I think that Xavier McKinney is is maybe the best defensive player left uh, available. So I think I might go with him. Um, but I have them taking AJ Terrell. Okay. All right, so uh, Adam Brooks is back to pick for the LV Raiders. He says, the three players who should actually be there will be uh, cornerbacks, Christian uh, Fulton, Jalen Johnson, Jeff Gladney, and I would select them in that order. So he's taking Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Yeah, I mean, I also have Fulton as a first-round cornerback. And again, I think so many of these guys, like A.J. Terrell and, and Fulton and uh, Trevon Diggs are so similar. Uh, in, in, and Jalen Johnson's another one. Uh, it's it's kind of like the offensive tackle situation where some of them will probably work out, some of them will be busts. It's just where you, uh, you're, you're kind of your gut feeling is who's going to be the better player. Um, and I, I had Terrell here. Uh, but yeah. I, I think if they go, I think corner, cornerback is the, is um, I, I think secondary if they're already going wide receiver uh, with their with their number twelve pick I think that going with a, a player in the secondary is the best uh, decision I I just think people t t people tend to sleep on safeties um, and you always I think every year for the last couple of years a safety that people don't expect always ends up sneaking like into the top twelve thirteen so I wouldn't even be surprised if McKinney goes earlier than this. All right, let's go to number twenty now. Jaguars again with a second pick. So this is the third consecutive team picking uh, for at least the second in, in, in the um, in the Dolphins case. Wait, yeah, for the second time, Dolphins, Raiders, and now Jaguars with their second pick and number 20. And uh, what do you think they should do? So this is where I have McKinney going since he wasn't taken by uh, by the Raiders. So I think if, if he's there, it would be the correct pick. Uh, the, the Jaguars do need to rebuild their, uh, their secondary, and I think they're going to go with McKinney, who's, um, I, I think at this point, maybe the uh, best, best player available as well. But in your, in your, you know, if you're in charge of all the teams where you have McKinney going to the Raiders at 19, so then who would you have the uh, Jaguars taking at 20? Um, if McKinney's gone, I would probably have uh, the Jaguars taking either, either Kenneth Murray or Terrell, uh, or Terrell or uh, Jalen Johnson, the cornerback. All right. You want to want, you want to narrow it down, just pick one of them? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, 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 go with, uh, I'll go with Terrell. Okay, make it nice and easy. So, uh, 2021 swap. Alvin Brook back for the Jaguars at number 20. He, again, complaining about Derek Brown going to the Cowboys. What a steal at number 17. He says, but with the 20th pick, he takes wide receiver, still on the board, Justin Jefferson. I think that's a good pick. I mean, I think it's, it is it is a position of need. It does give Gardner Minshew a, uh, a much-needed weapon. Um, and I have, uh, spoiler alert, I have him going next to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, clearly, I don't think it's uh, too much of a reach because I have him going one spot later. Yeah, and that's both who you think the Eagles should and will take? 
Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles should go best okay. wide receiver available. They're they're really old at that position, and uh, that they they need somebody who's who's probably this year going to be a three, uh, but potentially a future one. All right, Shamir Seidman picking for the Eagles. Uh, he wanted Justin Jefferson, taking one pick ahead of him, so he goes to the next wide receiver on his list, which is Jalen uh, Rieger from TCU. I don't have him going in the first round. Um, I actually had uh, hold on, I, I had somebody else higher at wide receiver. Let me just look at my. Uh, wide receiver list this is actually um Je- jefferson is the last wide receiver i had uh, going i actually have uh t higgins and um mims ahead of uh who, who did he have again a uh, right? jalen rager yeah, yeah so i had uh i have uh mims and um uh t higgins ahead of him but i i, I mean again i think it's the the eagles do need a, a wide receiver i kind of think if if the top four guys are gone at this spot maybe they should look somewhere else and go for a wide receiver in the second round uh because uh wide receiver is a pretty deep position in this draft uh but i don't i don't hate it if the, if the eagles like him and, the, and he's you know they it is a position of need all right so we're at the vikings now number 22 jordan uh before we get to me ranting and whining and complaining uh what do you think the vikings should do what do you think the vikings will do um, I think they're going to go with uh, Jalen Johnson, who I have as the top corner available, uh, and I think that would be the correct pick. All right. Um, so, yeah, so I'm. there's basically four positions of need for the Vikings. I think wide receiver, obviously, a need. Uh, they only had two last year of any relevance, and they just traded one of them, Stephon Diggs, uh, for this pick. Uh, cornerback is a need. They lost uh, th- their three of their top four cornerbacks, and they already had a problem at cornerback last year. So they desperately are in need for a cornerback. As you just said, you're giving them Jalen Johnson. Uh, tackle is always a need for them. Uh, last year, it's where I wanted them to go. Instead, they went to the interior of the line, taking Garrett Bradbury, who did not have the greatest season as a rookie, but, you know, still has some hope. And then defensive end, uh, you know, they lost uh, two uh, defensive ends. They lost Everson Griffin. You know, they need some pass rush. They need someone to help um, uh, on the other side from uh, Dino Hunter. So those are the four positions of need. My three sort of like my dreams for the Vikings at this at this position where the, the receiver I really want is Justin Jefferson, you know, assuming Judy uh, Lamp and Ruggs are all gone. But he's gone two picks earlier. You know, there's no chance of a coup, obviously. My dream cornerback is C.J. Henderson, but, but he's gone. I think that's and unlikely. And then that he'll be gone? I, th- I think it, No, I think it's unlikely that C.J. Henderson will be available. Yeah, yeah. If oh, they no, want yeah, him, no. they have to Yeah, and then my other dream is that they could get Andrew Thomas or, or any of the uh, those big four tackles, but, you know, that's not going to happen either. So with none of those guys taken, it's now sort of a strategic thing. So, like, this receiver group is so deep, as you said, that T. Higgins and Michael Pittman and Denzel Mims and LaVisca Chenault, I'm mispronouncing these names, and Brandon Ayuk, like, a lot of those guys have been linked to the Vikings, but I don't know why you need to take one of them here because unless you really, really love one of them, there's a lot of options. And it's the same thing at cornerback. I think, you know, cornerback, you know, Jalen Johnson, he's been linked to the Vikings a lot. Um, Trevion Diggs, or Trayvon Diggs, is another guy who, you know, one of the top-rated cornerbacks. I just think that given the fact that his brother, Stephon Diggs, hates the Vikings just left, I can't see any scenario where the Vikings take him. Uh, Damon Arnett, AJ uh, Terrell, Jeff Gladney, all of these guys have been linked to the Vikings in different mock drafts that I've seen. So there's a lot of options there. Isn't this and the pick they got for uh, Stephon Diggs? For Diggs, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then a tackle. There's Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, both of whom I've seen linked to the Vikings in a lot of picks. But um, I'm, but again, in all those positions, I think there's a lot of depth. And so I'm going to go to that fourth position of need, uh, get some pass rush on the on uh, as a defensive end, because there's only sort of two guys at that next level left. Uh, it's your two are Gross Matos and AJ Epinesa, and Gross Matos has been linked to the Vikings in a ton of mock drafts that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I think that's you know that's who I have them taking here, number twenty-two. 
You know, it's funny because I, I actually did have uh, pass rusher as a position of need for them. I have uh, a Penza slightly over Gross Matos, but I think it's probably pretty close. I think they'd both uh, be good players. You know what? I'm thinking about it now. So I have I I do think they're going to go cornerback. I have them taking Jalen Johnson in my mock draft. But I think it's the player I think they maybe should take is Austin Jackson because I think there's a drop after Jackson uh, on the offensive line. And again, that's, oh, so you don't like Cleveland? Um, I mean, I I don't I don't hate him. I just don't think he's a first rounder. I think, uh, okay. I think that Honestly, I, think that I don't have a bi- I don't have a difference of opinion between Epinesa and Gross Matos. The only reason I took Gross Matos is because uh first of all, there's like a big drop off after those two, so it's one of those two, but also because I've seen Gross Matos go into the Vikings in a ton of mocks and I haven't mm-hmm. seen Epinesa going in any of them really. That's fair. I mean I so, mean I think so that's why Yeah. And uh Akiba, yeah. uh, you, you took Gross Matos. We were talking about names before. What what position should he play? Uh I, I think baseball. he should be a bust wide receiver. Gross Matos. <laughs> He's a bust wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, that's not a bad. But, or a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, now we have Michael Clark, uh, the hated Michael Clark. Boo in the Patriots. He does not often appear in this draft. We usually end it just before his pick. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's here this year. Uh, Jordan, who should the Patriots take? Uh, who will they take? Um, I, I think that the Patriots are going to take a quarterback here. I think they. I, I don't know oh, if wow. it's who they should take. I kind of think they should maybe go with uh, with either. Kenneth, I was going back and forth between Kenneth Murray and AJ Pensa, who I think are the be- the two best defensive players. Um, I have. Uh, I, I just think that that linebacker is potentially more of a position of need, and I also think Kenneth Murray might be a better player. So I think they should take Murray, but I'm. Ha- I'm. I'm um, I think they're going to take Jordan Love. That's my prediction. And who I, th- I hope, who I hope is, who player. I hope is a bust. <laughs> okay. If the Patriots take him, if, he's, if the Patriots don't yeah. take him, I don't care if he's a bust or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and Michael Clark did not take him. Uh, I don't know whether that's a surprise or not. He took um, somebody who you just mentioned, actually. Uh, the he takes uh, AJ Epinesa. So he it's actually better, said between Epinesa and Gross Matos, he didn't have a strong opinion. I think he had Gross Matos slightly ahead, but since I took him, he takes uh, Epinesa. Yeah, it's, I think that would be a good pick. I, I think between between those two guys, if Matos is available, Gross Matos or a Pencer or Murray is available, I, I don't think you could really go wrong at uh, 23 with any of them. Um, but uh, I hope they make the mistake and take the quarterback, and that's actually what I what, what my prediction is. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna freak out with uh, without having a real legitimate quarterback on their roster. But again, there's a lot of options. They can get Dalton or whatever. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, 24. It's the Saints up on the board. Uh, Jordan, what should the Saints do? Okay, so I have uh, I'm going best best player available here. The Saints are uh, are a very strong roster. They don't have that many holes. I think one of their few holes is linebacker, and I have Murray as my best player available. But since I had the the Patriots, I I, I am predicting Murray to go here. But since I had the Patriots uh, as the, Murray is the player that the Patriots should have taken, I'm actually going to go uh, one up and take uh, that, that AJ Apensa is who they should take. Murray is my prediction because he's available on my mock draft. Okay. All right, we have Paul Elliott picking for us. Paul, the Saints fan, as he's known in these circles. He is going to take, uh, drum roll please, Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of LSU. So same position that I have him taking. I think it's a similar line of thinking where, again, very few holes. It is a position of need. They are both both probably going to go in the first round, so I think it's a good pick. Yeah, I think that Paul's really thinking just best player available because the list of guys he wanted at this pick in order were Patrick Queen, Jordan Love, Trevon Diggs, Grant Delpit, uh, safety out of LSU, and and then Epinesa. So he has guys, at, like five different guys at five different positions. Mm-hmm. So he's really looking at it. Let me just take the best player. And that brings us back to the Vikings again at number 25. So you have them taking Jalen Johnson at 22. Mm-hmm. 
addressing uh, some needs at cornerback. What do you have them doing at 25? Here's I have uh, them taking a, uh, AJ Epinesa, which would make sense on my drafts because they, di- they didn't go with Gross Matos yep. with their first pick. So I have them going uh, doubling up on the defense, uh, which I think would be a, would be a good move for them. Um, but I, I also think that uh, Austin Jackson wouldn't be out of the question here. But I think AJ Epinesa, Epinesa, if he's available, would be a good pick. Yeah, so I, I did the opposite of you. Wait, well, hold on a second. So that's who you think they will take, but you had Epinesa as your choice going to the Saints. Yes, yeah, so I think that if uh, Epinesa is not available, uh, they they should take uh, Jackson. Okay, Austin Jackson. Got it. Okay, so uh, you know, again, he's one of the guys I mentioned as, as a possible target, so that's definitely reasonable. I'm doing the exact opposite of what you did. I'm taking Jalen Johnson here. My the reason basically was because again for for my list I thought there's a bunch of cornerbacks who are kind of similar here so no no need to push one over the other sort of see who falls to a 25 whereas if you don't take either Epinesa or Gross Matos then you won't get one of those uh, elite pass rushers at 25 so I took Gross Matos at 22 I take Jalen Johnson at 25 and you just did the opposite and you took uh, a Penza instead of Gross Matos but you took Johnson at 22 so we have the same idea and interestingly they don't take a receiver they don't take a tackle but again I think that's the right decision in terms of receiver anyway, because it's such a deep draft. They have multiple picks in just about every draft of this round, and they can trade up to the top of the second round if they want and uh, take one of the receivers left at that point. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think they're, I think that would be a good round for for the Vikings if they end up going in a similar direction that we're, that we're predicting they will. Yeah, Akiva, are you still awake? Yeah, yeah, what's up? Okay, all right. So um, we've powered through the Vikings' two picks. Yeah, let's go lightning uh, round Dolphins... for the last few because there's not really – that much uh that much no, it's pretty arbitrary at this point okay all right so jordan yeah just quickly tell us just give us the names okay so for the for the dolphins i i have them taking deandre swift the running back who's who's pro- i think he's going to be the only running back that goes in the first round in this draft i and i i think honestly he goes he goes this high because it's a it's a weak running back draft uh i would prefer if they took uh actually uh gross matos here uh, who i don't have going yet so uh i'm going to say swift is my prediction and we had Kyle Wright for the Dolphins. He's taking Xavier McKinney here, the safety, who is still on the board. Oh, I think that's a great pick. I think if he falls to them, it's, it's absolutely absolutely the correct pick. Okay. And now we have at 27, the Seahawks. This is where I have uh, Yetter Gross Matos actually going. The, uh, the, the Seahawks uh, had a terrible pass rush last year, and I think this would be a, a nice player for them at the end of the first round. All right, and then who do you think um, that they should take, since you have Gross Matos going uh, in your should-be draft to the Dolphins the pick before? I think that they should go with um, Patrick Queen. Okay, who uh, who Paul took L- a couple picks earlier yes. in our draft. Yep. All right, and uh, so we have uh, Chad Shepard, who is an actual uh, draft expert, picking uh, for the Seahawks at twenty-seven, like we did last year. You know, we're in lightning round, so I'll go quickly. But he and he gave me a lot of good takes. But he says basically he listed all the positions in need, and then he talked about how running back is definitely one of the positions in need. And he said personally, uh, since the Hawks are adept at acquiring oft-injured running backs. I hope they pass on the position in round one and end up with uh, Zach Moss of Utah, a big running back who can change direction later on, which means that here at 27, he takes Isaiah Wilson, the tackle out of Georgia. So I, I have uh, – you still Austin Jackson still hasn't been taken yet, right, on the, on the fan draft? Austin Jackson, yeah, has not been taken in our draft. Yeah, so I, I mean I think – Again, I have tackle as a position of need for the Seahawks as well. Uh, I wouldn't go with one here because on, on my – actually, no, I, I do have Jackson available on my prediction list, but I already have him going on my who should I take list uh, earlier. Um, I, I think that uh, – sorry, who was the tackle that you had the Seahawks taking just now? Isaiah Wilson. 
Yeah, so I I don't have him going in the first round, but again, he if if he works out, it is a it is a position of need. It's an important position, uh, so I wouldn't hate the pick. Okay, um, and that brings us to the Ravens at number twenty eight. So this is where I have uh, Patrick Queen going um, because I uh, even though I think that he should be taken earlier, I think that he is going to fall to the Ravens here. And I think since I don't have uh, as far as who I think they should take uh, because I, I have Queen gone on that draft, um, I have uh, Zach Bond, the linebacker from Wisconsin. Okay, uh, so yeah, so you think they need a linebacker, and if it can't be Queen, it will be Bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy Wall picking for the Ravens. Great minds think alike because he also takes Zach Bond here. Yeah, they again, they're they're a team that doesn't have uh, too many holes, and and I think that if um, if they're able to shore up that position, the the, the Ravens have had a history of uh, of being successful when they've had great linebackers. I think it would be a nice pick for them. Yeah, he also talked about they need to replace uh, Marshall Yonda, who retired. They need a wide receiver. But uh, yeah, Bond is his pick there. Let's get to the Titans. They put a lot of money into Tannehill. What do they do at number 29? I think they get someone to protect Tannehill. I predict uh, Austin Jackson, the, the tackle from USC, uh, going in this spot. But I've had him predicted going. I, well, I had him in my where he should go as, as a little bit higher. Um, so to I think uh, based on who I have available, I think maybe Trayvon Diggs uh, would, be the, would be the player there. All right, so a cornerback and uh, Jamal Black, who uh, actually he he gave me a, he gave me a whole analysis, but then he deferred in the actual pick to Mike Miracles, as it goes on Twitter. Mike Herndon, the uh, Titans uh, guy on Twitter, and he says cornerback is the position of weakness, but he is taking Jeff Gladney, the cornerback out of TCU. Yeah, he's another guy that I have uh, ranked pretty highly. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes end of the first round or uh, beginning of the second round. I think he'll be he'll be sort of in that lump of cornerbacks. And and every time we have this, I feel like the last couple of years we've had a lot of these uh, cornerbacks that sort of have a similar grade. I feel like cornerback and wide receiver for some reason the last the last few years has sort of been this, a similar situation. Um, and there's always one guy that you expect to go in the first round that falls to like the third round. So I don't know who it's going to be this year. Yeah. And yeah, that's why that's what sort of motivates me to not take a cornerback or a receiver with the Vikings first pick, just because, again, I think, you know, there's a lot of guys there and, and it's hard to distinguish between them. Mm. All right. Number 30, the Packers. Boo. Who are, who are the Packers taking? So in my prediction, this is where I have them taking Trayvon Diggs, uh, but who I think they should take. I, I, I do think they have a there, there's a lot of directions the Packers could go. Um, I, I do. I like Christian Fulton, who's another cornerback, and I have him going, um, who, who I think the Packers should take since I have Diggs gone. Yeah, and Fulton went all the way up at number 19 in our fan draft. So uh, off the board. So you think that either way it should be a cornerback. Our Packers uh, patron, listener, and picker, Zach Richler, does not agree. He says that he thinks that they need a tackle, and then they should look at a receiver in round two, and he's going to take Josh Jones, the tackle out of Houston. I think if Josh Jones is there, it's the right pick. I, d- I just don't think he's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, two picks left. So the 49ers picking for the second time in this draft. Oscar Apricio is back. Uh, who do you think the 49ers take with their second pick? Remember, number 13, um, you had them taking a receiver, uh, whether it's Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb, and Oscar had them taking C.J. Henderson, the quarterback out of Florida. 
Mm-hmm. So I, since I did have them getting their their wide receiver at thirteen, and again, I doubt they're going to be making both of these uh, these first round picks. But if they are, yeah. I I like the idea of going wide receiver and cornerback because again, they're they're they have a strong roster. They they don't really have too many needs, but those are two of the glaring ones. Uh, if you, you know, you already have the wide receiver that you're putting uh, on the on the other side with uh, Debo Samuel. Um, I have them taking in my prediction Christian Fulton. Uh, as far as who they should take, I'm now just going down. Uh, down my list of uh, cornerbacks at this point because I, I think I think maybe they should go with uh, Gladney. Jeff Gladney, who yeah. Yeah, goes a couple picks earlier from our listeners. So just like with the Vikings, our picker agrees with you, just flips the order. You took a receiver at 13 and a cornerback at 31. He, uh, he asks for a 13. They gave him a 31. Um, he's not quite hit. No one got that reference. Fine. Uh, number 13, number 31, Oscar takes the wide receiver out of ASU, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on my he's on my list of, of kind of in that spot after Justin Jefferson and kind of like a clump of wide receivers like LaVishka Cheneau is in there uh, and Mims in, is in there. And, and again, like I'm sort of going based on what I've read about them, what I've seen on other mock drafts. And yeah, he, he's he's a guy who might go in the first round, but I wouldn't be surprised if he drops to the second. Yeah, Ayuk doesn't excite me as yeah. much as Cheneau or um, uh, a guy rocketing up the draft boards. Um uh, Michael Pittman, Pittman, the the U.S. you know yeah. who was like a yeah. third round pick a week ago, and now is like going to be number one overall. The Lavisca Chanel sounds like it would be like a Ayuk, you know, play it so they play for Herm Edwards right at ASU, and Nikhil Harry was there uh, his first year, and you know they're the same age because Nikhil Harry left early, and Harry was a much better player, and Harry didn't even freaking you know, yeah, uh, you know, do anything uh, for the Patriots. So like this is a, a the worst Nikhil Harry, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. By the way, Oscar likes Rieger more, but he's gone, obviously. And then he likes uh, Ayuk just a little bit more than Pittman. He says, imagine staring down Kittle, Debo, and any one of these guys, plus whichever running back Shanahan just feels like turning into a god. Um, I like that prospect. Uh, Kiva, by the way, why did the offspring not even get a mention in our Music of the 90s series? They did. They got mentioned. Oh, okay. Well, because I dropped a lyric of theirs, and I got absolute crickets. I was re- I was researching Brandon Ayuk. I'm sorry. Um, no, we oh, mentioned them, yeah. but we I think we just picked Green Day over them, and we said they were like, I don't know. We definitely discussed the band The Offspring, but they didn't do so well. Yeah. Okay. I think Fine. we there wasn't Let's one. What's the one song? What's the one song that would have been there for The Offspring? They have a lot of well, songs. Probably the one that I was probably just pretty fly for a white guy is the one I was just singing I know, myself. I think that annoying. was probably their highest profile song, wasn't it? Yeah, it might be. But again, like, is that their best song that was going to win the freaking tournament? No. No, of course not, but yeah. Um, but all the girlies say it is the 32nd and final pick of the 32 fans first round NFL mock draft 2020. Cole yes. Hogan still drunk on his Super Bowl win. What should he do? What will he do, Jordan? Okay, so this is uh, – I've gone back to uh, thinking that the Chiefs are going to pick the player that I think they should take. Uh, so I have – I'm predicting them to take uh, the center slash guard, uh, Cesar Ruiz, uh, which is, again, one of, one of the very few needs that the uh, the Chiefs have. Uh, that They lost um, one, of, one of their starters on the interior line from last year. So I think they're going to go uh, Ruiz here, and I think it's the it's the correct pick. So And for, for our cases, I guess he's like my uh, my Mr. Irrelevant because we, we don't go past the first round. Yeah. The first Michigan Wolverine, I think, taken as well, right? Um, yeah, on my, on my draft, he is. Yep. And uh, Cole Hogan says, we lost Breland and Fuller in free agency, and so he's going to go to cornerback, and he's going to take A.J. Terrell. I mean, I have A.J. Terrell going at 19, so if he's there, I think it's a good pick. Yep. I wanted to ask Jordan a question. Uh, somebody asked this, I believe, in the 32 Fans uh, WhatsApp chat today. 
How many guys in the draft, because it's so fluid once you get past like 11 or 12, uh, how many guys in the draft would you say are 100% stone cold locks to go in the first round? You'd, would you give um, 100 to 1 odds on that they go in the first round? 100 to 1 odds, so I would say uh, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. yes. Chase Young, yes. Akuda, yes. That's three. Wirfs, yes. That's four. Tua, five. Justin Herbert, six. Derek Brown, seven. Simmons, eight. Will, Will, uh, Wills, nine. Becton, ten. Uh, Thomas, Lamb, Judy, Henderson, that's 14 so far. Mm-hmm. Did Ruggs, you say Wirfs? Jason, that's 16. Um, sorry, what? Did you say Wirfs? I said Worfs, yeah. Okay, fine. I, I have my top my top sixteen so far. Kinlaw will be a first rounder. I, I think Josh Jones isn't a hundred percent guaranteed. I think he probably will, but I don't think it's a guarantee. Um, I don't. I mean, think... in our draft, he drops all the way at thirty. So yeah, yeah. so I, I would say my at hundred to one, you're not you're not you're not betting on those guys. You're probably even cutting no. from to like fifteen or something. But then I would go back to McKinney and Jefferson. I think are so that's that's nineteen so far. Um, Murray, I think is so that's twenty. Um, I could, I, and the rest, of, the rest of the guys, uh, I don't think are guaranteed. So I would say they're twenty out of my thirty-two uh, okay. predictions are are locks, and then the rest of them. I mean, I'd be surprised if like uh, Epinesa uh, or Grossmatos or, um, or or like uh, Christian Fulton drop into the second round, but it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. And is there? A, yeah, so right, there's Akiva, no big. What what punishment are we going to give to uh, Jordan if he is wor- more wrong than our most wrong listener? Then our most wrong listener, if Jordan is most is wrong, then he can't come on till uh, next year, or uh, you know. We well, need we've him for done that Chicago. before, but then haven't upheld it. So we yeah, actually well, no, 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 you have you have upheld it. So this the so last year, I this is my fourth year doing it. La- last year is the first year that I was not banned, uh, and the you mean band, you won? Uh, to, to, I, I won, yeah. So I the the ban when I have been banned, it's lasted a year. It's so a year. I'm banned. able to come on for the yeah for the next for the next NFL draft podcast. Mm-hmm. But this year, since I wasn't banned, that's why I was able to come on and talk about Survivor with you. Okay. <laughs> How about if he loses? So, uh, I I am I am re- I get relinquished from my obligation to go on his podcast. I mean, I, I think that you'd have history. to clear that with. Uh, with no, 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 he's fine. He's sure fine if, with that. He's fine with that. I don't think he is. I think he wants you to come on Twitch. So if Jordan wins, he can come on this podcast. And if Jordan loses, I don't have to go on that one. And just for my my listeners, the the punishment is if Jordan in his... So Jordan is at a disadvantage here because he's got to make all 32 picks and everyone else only has to make one. Yeah, and we can't punish Jordan's at an advantage because he's making a mock draft of what he thinks actually will happen versus the listeners who are the guests who are picking what they want to happen. So they're not trying to accurately guess. So if Jordan's most off pick is more off than than the worst of the 32 listeners in terms of their most off pick, then Jordan will um, Akiva will no longer be obligated to go on his podcast. Okay. I don't know if I if I can enforce that. But Rob can I, veto that if he wants. And what, okay. what, what what's what's in it for me, by the way? <laughs> Yeah, by, and by the way, last year, so my my prize for winning is that uh, I I believe um, on Renap, I think that you had to uh, you had to um, give Twish a shout out, which I to me plug, like yeah, you had to plug Twish, which is they're both RHAP podcasts, so I, I don't see network. how that was That's that great stupid. of a of a prize. Yeah, well, I will I'll yeah I'll give you another plug. You want another plug? <laughs> If you win. All right, Jordan, we've come to the end of this podcast, so why don't mm-hmm. you give yourself a plug right now? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you could you could listen to me on Rob has a podcast. Uh, the podcast is called uh, This Week in Survivor History or This Week in Survivor. Uh, and uh, I, my Twitter is at Jordan Kalish. If you want to look at my Survivor takes once in a while, my football takes, sometimes my politics takes, which uh, um, are, are not as common, but they, they happen once in a while. Jordan tweeted, liberate uh, Jordan, New York. Give me plugs. We were just asking for your <laughs> liberate New York. <laughs> All right, Akiva and I both yeah. made bad jokes, and so Jordan yeah. heard neither of them. I think <laughs> I, I, I heard I heard Akiva's, and I didn't laugh about that. I didn't hear yours, Chester. Uh, when you were on the Patreon podcast discussing Survivor last month, we asked you a question. I forget what the question was, and I think I think it was the same thing where Akiva and I. One of us asked you a question, and and one of us asked you for your plugs, and so you started giving plugs, but the other person thought you were supposed to give an answer to the question. So it sounded like you were asked the question, and you responded by saying, "Hey, everybody, listen to my podcast." <laughs> so anyway, that's yeah, a big, I, so the point is so what i just said to you is i asked you for a plug this time and then you gave one and then i said to you i wasn't asking for that i wanted to know who you thought should go in the second round so anyway. oh i see i see bad jokes okay. are always better when you have to explain them afterwards yeah all right i like that's an is it, it's an inside joke that involves me but i had no idea about it yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um all right so uh jordan thanks so much for joining us uh, possibly for the last time uh in the next 12 months depending on what happens now, Akiva, if the NFL season is canceled, the college season is canceled, and the NFL decides not to do a 2021 draft, mm-hmm. then does Jordan have a two-year ban? Yeah, he can only come back. No, I mean, I don't think they're going to skip the draft. There's no reason to I'm do that. I'm just talking hypothetical here. Yeah, then if they skip the draft, then we skip the Kalish. Unless yeah. he wins. That's how yeah, it I mean, I, I, besides besides Survivor in the NFL draft, I don't know what else I'm I'm coming on 32 fans to talk about unless you you come up with another uh, podcast idea that like matches my my interests. I mean, so, we might we um, might get be, you know desperate enough to do 50 most loathsome Yankee fans. At which point, you could be on there. I'd be pretty high up there. I think. I mean, most loathsome Yankee. It's very hard to break that list. Come on. Yeah, it is very. hard. I mean, you, you did, uh, Chester. It's you like, did unfollow it's like me. 50 you unfollowed me. Nazis yeah. and saying some By the way, Nazi that is here. that is a like, funny podcast. I do think maybe we should do that list. Yeah, Chester, you unfollowed me during the ALD, ALDS this year, so I think I'm pretty high up. Oh, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Why preemptively, was or was it in spite because of something you tweeted? Oh, it was definitely because I was I was tweeting a lot of shit like during during the ALDS. Um, it was during one of my one of my many tweets during that that, oh, uh, okay, that, that series. Yeah. I remember you were anxiously watching a Yankees game during the serial tournament at my house. Was that yes, a, that must that have been was, a playoff uh, game? That would have been in October. That was the uh, the the one game in the uh, 2018 ALDS that the uh, Yankees beat the Red Sox. Okay, yeah, I don't remember that anymore. Um, well, you know, very sad for. Well, actually, it's less sad for you because you got this every year. But very sad for me as a Twins fan that they're uh, the baseball's falling apart this year. Our window was a. Uh, I mean, it's sad, it's sad for me too. I was I was very excited for the for this season to getting getting to see uh, Garrett Cole pitch. Yeah, I know, but you have another there. seven years of him or whatever. Whereas Nelson Cruz is forty years old. You know, Josh, uh, Josh um, Donaldson is you know also what thirty five years old. So yeah, uh, and as for the Mets fan, like Pete Alonso's quest to break seven sixty two is definitely on hold at this point. <laughs> Yeah, but but Just, also Chester, Thor, Thor's out for the year, so if anything, it's a net positive. Yeah, no, it's true. It is true. Mm-hmm. Thor being out for the year makes it. Although it's just more depressing because he's probably going to be out for most of next year too. Yeah, Chester, I think you're the you're the right person to ask about this. Is uh, Nelson Cruz a Hall of Famer? No, not even close. No way. No, not not even. He's not First even. Of all, he has so little value on defense because because he's also. because he's a DH or or uh, just because, because he's a DH because he didn't start playing till he was like twenty seven or twenty eight years old. Nah. Yeah, he's like Edgar, now, but then wasn't as good. Yeah, his late 30s run is 
incredible. Like very few players in history have done what he did last year. And if he were to repeat it this year, you know, I mean, he's been. Inc- I mean, last year was his best year of his career in terms of OPS. But yeah, but he's nowhere close. If he does that for another ten years, then we can talk. But I think he's mm-hmm. under forty career so war, and you know, didn't play in big markets. Not a high profile guy. No, not even close. No way. Although obviously, I love him for what he did last year. You will Except against the Mets when he flew home, out with uh, what? What we have bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. That two nothing game that we went to Akiva on the road. Yes, absolutely. That was great. What a delight. Yeah. All right, uh, Jordan. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we'll speak to you at some point in the future. Thank you, Jordan. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox in four parts without commercial interruptions. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog moths confiscated from a Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of a war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on the court from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still lights of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R. Woman Liberationist and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell. Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or the rare earth, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. The revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live.